Hey, hey, another week is upon us. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to episode 38 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Big weekend for coaches hitting milestones in the NCAA these past few days. We'd like to congratulate Justin Walker of George Mason University and Sarah Caffrey of Bucknell University on their first career head coaching wins. Also, the UNLV head coach, Christy Fox, on her 100th win, Casey Burgoyne-Charles of Delta State on her 300th, and the Eastern Kentucky head coach, Jane Worthington, on her impressive 800th career win. Big congrats from us here at Outside the Shoot. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Louisiana as Sarah White takes home the weekly honors. Sarah had an unbelievable week as she went 10 for 12 with two doubles, a triple, two home runs, and 13 RBIs as her and the Houghton Lady Bucks won three games. Amazing job, Sarah, and best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with Cal U of Pennsylvania alum and current Canadian national team member, Natalie Weidman. Nat had a standout career at Cal U where she was a three-time All-PSAC first-time All-Star, 2014 PSAC Athlete of the Year, as well as the 2014 NCAA Division II Catcher of the Year. She would go on to play for the Canadian national team where she's won two bronze medals at the 2016 and 2018 WBSC World Championships and the well-known Pan Am Games Gold on home soil in Toronto back in 2015. We're going to talk to Nat about getting her start in the game and the influence her two brothers had on her growing up, her time at Cal U, her time with the Canadian national team, being a Mizuno ambassador, and much more. Nat was an absolute pleasure to chat with, and we shared a lot of laughs during our chat. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Thanks for coming on the podcast. No problem. Thank you for having me. How are you, uh, Ro and Luna, making out? Luna's doing well. She's <laughs> be- becoming a grown-up. She has her teenager moments, but <laughs> <laughs> it's expected, so we're just rolling with it right now. Right on. It's crazy how much she's grown. Like, the first time you posted on Instagram when, when you first got her, and just between now and then, it's insane. I know she was like four and a half pounds when we first got her and we thought she would be about 45 and she's hitting like 50, 55 now. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, got the muscles going. I see you. Yeah. Becoming a, becoming a handful now. Yeah. Yeah. I see she a uh, pretty good catcher as well with the ball. Oh man. I, if I'm going to have a dog, she's got to be athletic. So like right from the get go, it's just like Luna catches everything part one. And we would just throw <laughs> random things at her until she understood like, Oh, you want me to catch it. So now she's just like on high alert at all times. It's great. Right on. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I actually, I haven't had a dog in a, when was the last time it would have been, I was probably a teenager. So I, in my 20s and my thirties, I never had a dog and you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm living, living vicariously through you watching, watching Luna grow nice. up. So <laughs> it's all so you're good. her uncle, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how's the, how's training going for Tokyo? It's honestly, it's great. Right now we have 
uh, nine or 10 of us here in Ontario, which we're very fortunate to have. Um, a bunch of the West Coast girls came this way after our training camp. So it's been amazing to have a core group and just like grind it out together. And when there's days that it's a little bit tougher to get going, you have those people to rely on, which is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Who's who's all down there right now? Um, so it's Janet, Erica, Jenna, uh, Holly, Larissa, myself, Oh, Emma, Sarah G. Right on. Right on. I saw Sarah. Yeah, Sarah was out in Halifax for a bit. I, I saw there for, yeah. 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 So her and, oh, and Morgan is here as well. Oh, Morgan right on. and her were living, we're living in Halifax for a little bit to be with coach Smith and with our strength coach. So that, that was awesome. And then more softball specific stuff there with us, which is amazing. Yeah. How did, how did you like Halifax there last year when you guys were, uh, were down here for a bit? I fell in love with it, actually. I've been there once before for nationals way back when, mm. and I kind of already took a liking to the city, but I love the idea of the small town feel, and everyone really welcomed us and loved having us there, and it was really cool living on the Army base as a group. Oh. I felt like I was in college again, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Only in Shearwater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little out of the way. So you got, you guys got to go to like uh, Mooseheads games and Thunderbirds games? I do believe I saw pictures of the pictures. I had, how'd you enjoy that? We were stoked on it because people were so into the sporting, mm. the sporting teams there. And even though they're not like MLB or NBA level, they were so invested in those teams and the support there was really cool that we couldn't help, but join that enthusiasm. Yeah. So it was really fun. Yeah. It was, it's the Thunderbirds team, the lacrosse team that it was their first season this year before it got a cut off. And man, did they ever shoot out of the gate? I mean, as far as support from around here, everybody loved it. Yeah. It was really cool. We loved going to those games. We were hoping to go to more and then, yeah. you know, life kind of took a switch on us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Anyway, uh, Every guest that uh, that comes on, I ask them the question, when and where did you get your start in the game? Man, everyone in my family jokes that I just kind of came out the womb and was at the baseball field. Um, both my brothers played very competitively. So I was kind of a, a one, two-year-old, three-year-old, just kind of stumbling around and always there, always around. Um, I actually started playing when I think I was four or five. And I started in T-ball and I told my mom that it was too boring and I wanted to play somewhere else because <laughs> girls were girls were kicking around in the dirt and making sandcastles. And I'm like, guys, we got to make this double play. Like, what's going on? So That's I was a little awesome. intense for the people I was playing with. But I mean, it is what it is. I fought my way to play with some older girls, which kind of kept me stimulated for the time being, which was great. Right on. I saw your, uh, I, actually, I come across, I didn't know that you were the youngest of seven siblings. And I actually, yeah, I come across that in your Canada games profile of all things. I was like, Oh, from PI. Yeah. I was like, Holy cow. I was like, oh, wow. I did not know this. And then, and then I, I saw about your two brothers. So your two brothers, Aaron and Jordan, they, uh, they play professional ball. They must've been obviously huge influence on you growing up. Oh man. Like the way I'm treating Luna with you catch everything is basically <laughs> what they did with me growing up. <laughs> hey, like, you're eight years old, but I'm throwing a knuckleball at you. Figure out a way to catch it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my, my shins. Like, what? <laughs> but you, you you adapt so you don't get hurt with older brothers. You're like, okay, i got to figure out a way. Like, I'd be sitting in the basement. Our basement wasn't finished, mind you. But my brother would just be whipping balls at me, and I was in my blocking position. And my dad would come down, and I'd be in tears. Because I'm like, he's hitting my forearm. <laughs> he's like, well, it's only going to make you better. And I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> but to this day, I'm like, man, if he didn't do that, like I would not be ready. Like I'm not afraid of the ball at this point. So mm-hmm. like if he didn't do that back then, I wouldn't like I have to thank him. Yeah. Although there were tears. It, it was worth it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now they uh, actually, I saw, I when I saw that I did, I had to go do my research on them, of course. And I saw Jordan was drafted by Cincinnati, and Aaron was drafted by the Expos, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So AJ or Aaron was yep. a pitcher, and Jordan was a catcher, so it was a pretty good combo. Oh wow, they that worked out pens. good. <laughs> yeah, they would throw pens together, and when Jordan wasn't feeling it, I would pitch in and I would catch for Aaron and kind of make fun of how slow he was. But really, it was just because he was far away. <laughs> yeah, I was like you don't throw as hard as the pitchers I, I get for. And he's like, are you kidding me? Then he'd throw me a curveball and humble me because yeah. I didn't realize what kind of movement it was. Yeah, so. it's pretty crazy. Yeah, get, get him all pissed off at you to throw harder. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, freak. So uh, tell us about your, like, growing up, your time at Streetsville Secondary and, and travel ball years. How, how was that in your in your development? I played on a lot of different teams, and I, I don't regret it. I continuously tried to push my boundaries working with older teams and it took a lot of me writing to different presidents of organizations to kind of say like hey like I need more competition I want to face better pitchers I want to play with better girls like I'm at a young age I was like I want to play for Team Canada so like this was my way of trying to climb the ladder Hmm. um so I played with a lot of different coaches which was great for my development learning from different people um and at Streetsville, I mean, it was really cool because I played every single sport you could possibly imagine up until grade 11. I was kind of like, okay, I need to hone in my skills a little bit. I need to focus on what my actual priority is right now. But I don't regret doing all the sports because I think it ultimately led me to where I am today with the versatility I bring to Team Canada. And without those other sports, I don't think I'd be where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really cool learning learning curve to do whatever it was, shot put, soccer, rugby, volleyball, like everything and anything, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, yeah. I, that's the I, thing. I, I tell a lot of girls to do the same thing when possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, I, I've preached it from day one. I mean, it it's, doesn't make much sense to, you know, just focus on one sport. I think if, you, if you're a multi-sport athlete, it's going to help you in the long run. Oh, absolutely. Even just like learning leadership styles, learning from different coaches. Like there's so many different things. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, did you, uh, I saw you won a couple nationals like up through growing up, like it, was it Bantam midget or was it just midget? Um, man, I feel like that was so long ago. That's <laughs> what makes me feel old right now. Um, I had the honor of winning a national title with Jenna Kyra. I got called up with her Markham Jaguar team, which was, the legacy team. They were like the go-to winning team. Um, so I got to, I got to win with them in British Columbia. Um, I also, this is kind of weird, but I got called down. I was playing in midget, but I got called to Bantam cause I was a Bantam age, right. uh, to play with the Brantford Bobcats. And I won, uh, with them in the Bantam category. And that was with, um, Erica Polidori, who's currently my teammate as wow. well. So that's kind of cool. And I won again with the Brantford team when I had finally become one of their actual team members later down the road in midget. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I got three, which were, was really, really cool. Awesome. I, I didn't know you got yeah. to play with Jenna and Erica. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I've been playing with and against them for way too long. Jenna <laughs> hates facing me because of that. Cause I've played her since I was like 11, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you would know what she's throwing too. I mean, you've well, I guess back then, I guess you wouldn't because of you didn't really catch her then. But 
now, of course, you'd, you'd know all her tendencies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I saw it. I saw it before you went through it. She's like, crap. <laughs> She's the same way with Raptor, though. She's like, you guys are just in my head. Sorry. <laughs> Love you. Yeah. She has a dirty change, though. I'll give her that. Oh, man. So dirty. Yeah. Even if people know it's coming, I don't necessarily think the majority of them could hit it clean. No. So it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, for sure. Now, I, I touched on the Canada Games there for a bit in your profile. You'd uh, represent Ontario in 2009 in Summerside. Uh, you'd win a silver medal, tough loss, 2-1 loss to BC. Uh, tell us about that experience. That was actually one of my defining moments in softball. I originally wrote my like little application to go to the tryouts, and they told me I was not allowed because of my age. Um, and there was three or four other girls that were my age that had tried to kind of apply to go to the tryouts and they had said the same thing. So we kind of had to do a little protest and write up about why we should be a part of the, the tryouts and whatnot. And like basically say, Hey, let me go. And if I fall flat on my face, then like, so be it, but give me the opportunity to see what I can do. Um, turns out that three of us that were 92 that made the team and became starters on the team, which was a really cool fight that we won. Um, and then also it was pretty cool to see that we got to play for, um, Sanderson, who was previously a coach of the national team, the junior women's national team. Right. And then we got to play against, uh, coach Smith, who was going to become the senior women's national team coach that year or like the next year, like yep. he was in the process of becoming the coach. Yep. So I remember playing Nova Scotia and being like, Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> what I want to play for. Yeah. We crushed him. We crushed him, which was great. But I was like, I hope he likes me. <laughs> but it was it was a really cool experience because it was the closest thing to an to an Olympic experience at that point. Oh, you got sure. all these different sports going on. You're in this town in PEI that people were just like praising you from being there. Like mm-hmm. it was so cool that you got to be there. Like they were your fan people. It was really awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I'd say it to this day. I got to go to '97 Canada Games, and it by far probably top three experiences of my entire life. It was it like it, unreal. That's so cool. Yeah. Like I would say the same thing. Like we, I think we were on an army base there as well, which is ironic, but like just meeting people and like talking to other athletes playing, but whether they were rugby or swimming or whatever it was, it was cool to interact with people that were at a high level. Yeah, And I'd sure. never done that before outside of my sport. Yeah. So how, how'd you like Summerside? <laughs> PEI's, oh, PEI's I is amazing. It. I loved it. Yeah. So both my brothers had actually had nationals there. Um, and I had went with them growing up. So I always, uh, I'd actually been to that stadium a couple of times watching them. So it was really cool to go back and be like, Hey, it's my turn. Oh, I right on. To play. I'm not, I'm not chasing foul balls anymore for free fries. <laughs> I get to like play. <laughs> uh, free. And best, best case scenario would have been a gold, but I mean, the umpire called a foul ball, a fair ball and they won. So uh, what can you do? <laughs> I'm still holding it tight. Those can damn umpires. Freaking umpires. <laughs> God. So uh, then I want to ask you about uh, the Pan Am Junior Women's Softball Championships in Bogota and, and then the Junior Worlds the following year in South Africa. Uh, you got to play for the Canadian Junior National Team. How were those experiences for you? I mean, that had to be like crazy for you. I mean, I just got goosebumps when you mentioned it. I remember sitting in the Sheridan in Brampton where we were having our tryouts in the final selection camp. 
and being in the room with all the coaches and just bawling before anyone had said anything. And they're like, are, are you okay? I was like, yeah, like, I just, I hope I, I hope I made it. Like, <laughs> this is like what I've been dreaming of my entire life. Yeah. And they're like, okay, okay, we'll let you know that you did make it. That's the first thing. And then a sigh of relief came. And then just the realization that I was getting the opportunity to wear the maple leaf on my chest, like blew my mind. Mm. I remember for weeks we hadn't, we weren't leaving for Bogota quite yet. But I remember just being like, wow, like it's here, like all this work, all these sacrifices, all these missed parties that I didn't go to throughout high school, whatever the case may be. It's yeah. like it was so worth it. Um, and, and going and competing in Bogota against like Lauren Chamberlain and like Dallas Escobedo, these like ridiculously good athletes. I was like, this is so cool. Yeah, that would have been amazing. And then just. Yeah. And it was just like an unreal experience thinking about it. Yeah. Now, when you, when you went there, were you already committed at this time or was, or was it prior? Um, I believe I was to Cal U. Okay. This is like the end of grade 11, yeah. I think. So yeah. what, what led to the decision to go to Cal U? Man, I had known Coach B from Cal U when I was about 12 because I was playing with girls that were about 19 at the time and they were already attending Cal. This was when midget allowed for girls to come back for a year and play in midget one more time okay, yeah. after like their first year of college. Right. And so he was always around the different Canadian tournaments and I'd always see him and be like, hi, da, 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 da. <laughs> and he was close with my coach, Roger. Um, and I'd always kind of just like not thought about it. Cause I was like, well, I want to go somewhere warm. I want to go down South, blah, 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 blah. And there was something that just really stuck with me about Coach B is that every single time I'd spoken to him and everything he had said to me was the truth, was honest, and I could really trust him. Right. And I had heard so many horror stories about different women going to college and saying that they were going to play, saying they were going to do this, that they could do their whatever course they wanted to choose. And then they ended up not being able to. And I was like, man, like, I, of course I want to play ball, but I want also to be surrounded by people that had integrity and that I could trust and that would allow me to further develop my education in whichever course I chose, which at the time was athletic therapy, which was a very demanding course that not a lot of college coaches were okay with. Right. Um, so that meant a lot to me, but it also meant a lot to my parents based on the fact that I was going to be moving to another country. And this was basically going to be my guardian when I was away. Mm -hmm. um, so just stepping in, to that and knowing that I could trust what he was telling me about my playing time and about what I could bring to the table for this team and my education was just like a, a not like I, I went right in for it because I knew I could trust everything he was going to say. Right. Now, were there other schools on the radar or was it, was it always going to be Cal U? Um, there was a couple, there was like a, a public or a private school in New York. There was, um, upstate in South Carolina, there was Winthrop in South Carolina the the biggest problem for me was, oh, you're five three. <laughs> yeah, I'm small, but like, girl can pack a punch. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know the size is a big deal, especially when you're dealing with catchers. A lot of coaches want yeah. this big presence, which I don't blame them. But like, I can bring presence, baby. At five three, I can bring it. <laughs> Just a matter if you can like see me long enough to like see it. Yeah, like, give for me a sure. Chance. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're going to a D two. But really, I was like, it's as much as a D2 is whatever you make it. Like exactly. I knew my ultimate goal was to play with Team Canada. And in order to do that, I needed a lot of game reps. Yep. And I knew I was going to get that at Cal, which was really important to me. 
I didn't necessarily think me sitting on the bench for three and a half years was going to get me where I needed to be. Um, so it was like a trade off of like, yeah, it's D2, but I'm still going to rock it. Like, mm-hmm make the most of it. I know. I hate when I see online, like people talking down on D2 and even D3. I mean, it, like you said, you're getting your reps, you're getting what you need and you had your end goal and, and, and you met it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's what the athlete puts into it is what they'll get out of it. Yeah. Ultimately. Exactly. Actually, you talked about your, your height there, the five, three. It's funny because, uh, last night when I was, you know, doing my research for this and I came across the picture of you and rafter and, oh, at Pan Am. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, either rafter looks like she's seven foot three (laughs) or Nat is like five, two. Nothing. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I laughed. I laughed pretty big, pretty big at that last night. So, uh, you should see it when I'm, uh, I'm bullpenning some of the male pitchers that come in and one of the guys, Grant is like six, seven. I'm like, all right, (laughs) bud, what are you going to throw? What's the go-to today? Yeah. And people are probably looking at me like I'm his daughter. Like (laughs) what is this? Yeah. That's awesome. So, but Campus life at uh, Cal U. I was looking. I went online and checked it out. Campus man looks beautiful there. How how's how's campus life there? I loved it. I mean, it wasn't huge, but mm-hmm. I didn't really want huge. I wanted comfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how to describe it. I could walk to all my classes. I could walk to go see Coach B at the athletic um, building. I could. I ran to the field. It was like a mile away, but like I could probably walk there. Yeah. <laughs> um, everything was like within proximity. And a lot of people always make fun of me because at Cal, there's not that much other than the school, a subway and a quick fill. Like it's very quiet. And they're like, how did you survive? I was like, I, w- I had good people and I had a goal. Like I was yep. busy. I had things to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily that I needed this big fancy place to do it in. I just needed the right mindset to tackle what I was trying to tackle. Right on. So what, what do you remember about arriving there for your, for your freshman season? Oof. I remember going in and I, I had been earlier, like the year before to like meet and see everyone and all this kind of stuff. I was a little bit nervous based on the fact I was told I was coming in and I was going to be the starting catcher, which meant a junior was going to be pulled from that and she was going to become a DH. I remember being really nervous about that situation and she was the best human about it. Like so good. It was like, this is what you need to know. This is how we do things. Let me know if I can help you. Like was just like a great person to help me, to lead me through that role and taught me so much about being uh, humble about whatever Mm. your role is, just do it to the best of your ability. Um, So that was like a great learning curve and it's helped me a lot throughout my journey thus far since then. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And I, I remember feeling really excited because I knew there was, I think there was four or five other Canadians on the team that I had grown up playing against. So I was like, okay, like I'm not going in blind. I know what I'm going into. I know these people I've played with these people. So there was a little bit of familiarity for me, which was like really great. That's awesome. Do you recall your first game against Winston Salem state? Oh man, I feel old. Oh no. I always ask, I, I, I've asked everybody about their first game and there's only been a couple that have actually remembered. So I, I like okay, asking I the question. Then. Yeah. You, I feel way you, better than you went, you went two for three with a run scored, just so you know. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
just blindly walking into my freshman year and just kind of like doing whatever. I just remember my freshman year just like getting away with things. No one knows who you are, so they just throw you certain pitches. You're like, I'll take that. Thank you. That's my favorite pitch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, and then sophomore year, like, okay, I need to get a little bit smarter. They know who I am. <laughs> so it all changes. Yeah. Oh, frig, that's awesome. So what was your biggest takeaway from that first season with the Vulcans, do you think? Oh, I had to shift my mindset and I was, I was there and I was having fun and I was doing fairly well, but being a freshman and moving away and having your fair share of fun, I was like, okay, 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 okay. Let's reel it back in here. Let's get focused on what that end goal is again. Like you had your fun, you're here. Now you kind of have the lay of the land. Now what? Like, let's get it like narrow tunnel focused almost. Um, not that the first year was bad. Not that I was swaying away, but mm-hmm. I just need, I knew I needed a little bit more structure, a little bit more discipline. And that's what I took into my sophomore year with a huge help from our strength and conditioning program, but then also just actually support from team Canada and what I needed to bring in to practice in my college career. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Actually, Talking about the team kit after that uh, first season, was that when you uh, went to South Africa for the Junior Worlds? Yeah, so we went in December. I think after Thanksgiving break, I just didn't have to go back to school, which was blessed. <laughs> I ended up doing my exams early and then got to head out to South Africa. I'm like, see you later, guys. Yeah, going across the world, like no big deal. Um, <laughs> it it was incredible but it was also an eye-opening experience our junior team probably had the best roster that we could have ever possibly had and we didn't pull through with the medal which was very upsetting when we we should have mm-hmm. um so looking back at it there's a there's a couple of us on the senior team now we're like man we were just out there just like lollygagging around like we should have like geared into that we didn't really know how good we were right. until we looked back at it so that's a little sad, but South Africa is by far the favorite place I've ever visited. Mm-hmm. So it was still an incredible experience. Did you get to Did you get to travel around and and see any of the spots around there? We actually had okay. Well, day one, uh, Victoria Hayward and I went for a jog outside of the hotel, and then that evening we were told that we were not supposed to go outside without security. So that was a game changer. <laughs> we're like, oh, okay, well, we're alive. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, no, uh, we're good. <laughs> Yeah, we're still here, guys. Don't worry. And then we only had actually a day after the tournament um, finished. And we went up um, Tabletop Mountain, I think it's called, uh, with Vic. And then Krista Havenge, one of my teammates, and her father kind of led us through it because he's Mr. Adventure. Um, So we got to climb that, which was, oh, my goodness. No words can describe it. If you can look it up online, do it. It's so cool. I'll definitely do that. Um, So back to Cal U. you had an amazing four-year career there. Any big memories stick out for you there, whether it's on or off the field? Ooh. I think my my biggest takeaway from it was my mindset shift from junior to senior year. Right. My junior year uh, stats, if you probably looked at them, mm-hmm. weren't so hot. Um, and I remember after my junior year season in the summer, I was just reflecting on like, how was I walking into my bat? And I was literally walking in like, okay, don't, don't screw this up. Don't swing at this one. And I was like, man, how did I not notice that? So from the day I stepped back onto campus in the fall for my senior year, I was like, this is business. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. 
I remember sitting down with my coach and telling him like, Hey, this is what I need from you. I need you to be like my belief system with me and let's, let's tackle this together. Cause I want to be the best senior you've had to show up for you this year. And this is what I need from you and whatnot. And he was amazing at being that person for me and, and giving me that like slap on the back if I needed it to be like, Hey, let's go. You got this. Like, this is why I brought you here. And I, I went into it. I didn't look at my stats at all, all season. And I just focused on really just being logical versus being emotional. Okay. Mm-hmm. She may have gotten me out on that pitch. How can I get, how can I win my next at bat against her based on what she just did with me in that at bat? And I just said, this moment, this moment, have a quality swing here, have a quality swing here, and just being really present. And then at the end of the season, when all was said and done, I was like, dude, I freaking killed it. And it showed. And it wasn't about me. Like, it wasn't my goal to have a particular stat or have a particular award. It was my goal of showing up every moment for my team and being 100% invested in that moment. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the stats right now. I just brought them up. So you went, you you hit 287 and you jumped to 454 in your senior year. I mean, that's <laughs> something clicked. Yeah, something. And it was, <laughs> it honestly, it was not physical. It was mental, which is, I tell athletes all the time. Yes, you can physically know how to swing, but if your mindset isn't there, you're nothing. Yeah. The physical part doesn't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I'm looking at another site. You never missed a game. You played every single yeah. game. Wow. I, yeah. So that was one of the things Coach B had told me coming in. You're going to play every single game. I'm like, uh, okay. And I mean, there, my sophomore year, I played second. And then because he was like, listen, based on who we have in our rotation, yes, I would love you behind the dish, but I need you at second because it allows for a, the best case scenario on all nine on the field. Right. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like whatever you need. I think I played a game in right field. Wasn't really prepared for that, but I mean, Hey, let's do it. <laughs> I know what you whatever mean. Whatever you need, coach, whatever you need. <laughs> oh my God. Like I'm a pitcher. And if you stuck me in the outfield, I cannot catch a fly ball to save my life. Like if there, if there's one hit in the infield and it, you know, it's high, I have no problem. I don't know what it is, but if it's something in the outfield, the grass, man. I, the grass kills you. Gotta be <laughs> like, it's just unreal. Yeah, like I would not recommend to Coach Smith to put me in the outfield, but like, hey, if he wants to make that call, <laughs> yeah, I'm in, Coach. Do whatever, whatever you need. Do like, whatever you have to do, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, let's jump over to the women's national team now. Uh, how awesome was it for you when you initially got named to the senior team? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, it was 2012. Yeah. And the amount of names on that team that I had grown up watching. And now I'm like, Oh, you're my teammate. Like what? <laughs> I was just like, hi, I'm Natalie. <laughs> so nervous. I'm getting like nervous thinking about it, but it's crazy. Like Allison Bradley was my coach growing up at like a random pitching clinic. And then all of a sudden she was like on the field with me. I'm like, hi, what? Wow. like, this is insane. Yeah. Or Megan Timp, Megan Timp, I've grown up being compared to her all my life. My coaches growing up were like, man, you're just like Tim. And I was like, that's like the biggest compliment. That is so cool. And then I'm like, dude, you're my teammate. I want to be like you. How can I be like you? Like what? That's awesome. It was just, inc- and there were so many Olympians that I could just pick their brains. So I was just a sponge trying to take in as much as information as I could before they were going to retire or leave. I'm like, please yeah. don't leave. Please don't leave. I need to know more. Um, but it was cool. Yeah. Plus having Rafter there. I mean, you must've, uh, you, you must pick her brain. 
yeah, her and Aaron Comstone, I was just like, I will bullpen for you whenever you need it. <laughs> Fill me with all your knowledge. I'm still like that with Rafter. I'll text her in the middle of the week. Be like, Hey, like, can you help me with this? Like you, you are the wisdom of all. Like yeah. I have the, so much respect for her. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. The, like the amount of people I talk to on here and, and just what, what they have to say about Kaylee and, and, and how much of a student of the game she is. Oh yeah. And her, uh, respect and love for the connection between one of us on the team means the world. Mm-hmm. Like it's so vital on a team. Like, yes, she has a lot of knowledge, but she also wants each person to individually grow and be their best version of themselves. And she's really pouring herself into helping others do that, which is like, I thank her once a week for what she's done for me this past year. Right. Now. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to ask, yeah. you, I want to ask you about uh, the worlds in Whitehorse. How were the, how were the nerves leading up to that? Um, I feel like it was, I didn't actually have that many nerves. I think I was more excited and, uh, I don't want to say like no expectations, but right. I was just like, man, I get to, I get to be here. Like, this is so cool. Yeah. Like that was kind of my mindset. I, I'll never forget. We were playing against, mind you, I was a third catcher. I was a bullpen catcher and I was there to like fill in some roles when needed, which yeah. I had no yeah. problem doing. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, I remember we were playing Japan and Wayno was pitching oh. and it was like the seventh, the seventh inning. She was throwing a no hitter. There was two outs and coach Smith's like, Wegman, like you get the pinch hit. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I think I like dumped a little like blooper over second base and I was running down first. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, break this no hitter like holy crap <laughs> and then the second baseman out of nowhere like dive spins makes a dirty throw and i'm like just kidding, just oh, kidding. Nice try, man. <laughs> but everyone's like you tried you did good kid yeah. i'm like thanks guys <laughs> that's awesome that would have been wicked if you had a broke up the no hitter right especially against right? her I was like oh come on i was like can i just be a little bit faster <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think about the uh being daylight there for pretty much 24 hours a day that must have been pretty trippy yeah, actually, that was probably the weirdest thing. We had gone a couple times beforehand to like mm. kind of prepare for it. We did a training camp and whatnot there. But I remember having the blackout uh, curtains in our rooms, which was like a game changer to help out. Because yeah. you'd, you'd finish a game, it was like 1030 at night, and you felt like it was dawn. Yeah. It was like bright out. So you're like, so now what? And you're like, okay, you got to go to bed. It's like, oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me just try to turn off my body real quick yeah exactly it's pretty crazy they don't even have lights there like i like, know yeah it was so weird yeah uh, like the couple of my friends played on the on the men's team and they had their worlds out there as well and they were telling me about you know there's not even lights there, out there and i was like what that's like and they're like yeah. well it's it's always light and i was like that is just crazy <laughs> It was cool though, because usually at night games, sometimes you'll be like, "Okay, I'm a little bit tired. I'm a little bit tired," but you never got tired because your body just kept thinking it was daytime. Right. So I was with it because I'm I'm a grandma. I like my sleep, so it being light <laughs> really helped me out in the game. <laughs> right on. So d- after that, after that tournament, was there anything you took from that tournament that you're like, okay, like after seeing all those, like you know the the big names there, is, is there something you were like, oh, I got to work on this. I got to work on this. Just, I just really noticed the knowledge of the game that I needed a lot more of it. And right. that was going to take time, reps, uh, picking people's brains. And I, I still think that. I still look at people on my team and like, okay, I could improve here, here, and here and ask these questions. So 
but it's a fine balance between wanting to know all this knowledge, but also trusting your skills and having confidence in what you bring to the table. Hmm. Maybe I don't have the same knowledge as Rafter yet, but I have other things, you know, like, so kind of balancing the two. Um, but that was huge. I went back the next season at school. I mean, yeah, at, at everything going on with softball and I was like, okay, what can I start doing? How can I get better? What videos can I watch? So, Mm. so that that would probably played a big part going into your senior season there at Cal U then like you know, as far as confidence goes anyway oh yeah being on the senior team and then going back to Cal was like okay now what let's yeah. do it yeah. like I have a little I'm facing this these insane pitchers and different competitors on the international level I should be able to handle <laughs> I should <laughs> be able to handle yeah. who I'm facing moving forward yeah, like exactly. with confidence yeah for sure Let's uh, let's jump to 2015. That's a pretty big year for you guys. Uh, Very big year. Won the Pan Am Games on home soil in Toronto. Like I talked to, you know, Holly and and Kaylee and Jenna on here about about this, and I, I like getting the personal perspectives from each one of them. So uh, maybe take us through that tournament. Whew. Again, goosebumps. Yeah. Um, I had never experienced playing in front of people in my area because I'm from the greater Toronto area. Um, our home field was always in British Columbia for our tournaments. Right. So going into that tournament, I was just like, wow, there's so many people that I know that are going to be coming out to support me. I had my high school principal come out. I had a group of elderly uh, people from a gym that I was working out at that <laughs> had known that I was training from them. And they came out with signs for me. I had a girl that I played softball with in T-ball come out and watch. Like, it was just incredible to see the support and to feel the love. That is awesome. Um, but that, yeah, like, I can't, there's no other, like, I can't explain it. Even having my brothers there, they hadn't seen me play since I was probably 10 or 11. Wow. It was, so that was a big, they were always busy with their own schedule. Yep. So for them to carve out time and come, I was like, oh, dude, like, I need, like, let's go. Like, let's go. Let's show them what they taught me, what they built within me. Yeah. Um, so that external thing was great. But the internal thing of our team and where we were at, we were so aligned with what we were doing and how we were going to do it and what we brought to the table that I had no doubt in my mind we were winning that tournament. The day of the championship game, we were taking ground balls on the side of the field to warm up. And I looked at Megan Tintz and I said, we're winning this. There's no doubt in my mind right now. Like we are ready and we are going to war right now. And like everyone was on the same page. And it didn't matter if you were a bullpen catcher. It didn't matter if you were a starting left fielder. It didn't matter if you were taking stats on the bench and you were relaying them to someone on the field. Everyone was there in that moment to do whatever it took. Um, so that was like my heart just beats for that. Man, I got Our goosebumps from you just saying that. <laughs> yeah, like we keep striving for that feeling and that alignment. And, and the alignment changes sometimes. Yeah. The, the goal changes sometimes. The vibe changes. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just adapting and kind of growing. Um, but at that moment in that tournament, everyone was like eyes on the prize. Let's go. Like mm-hmm. so focused. And oh. Sarah, Sarah <laughs> pitched lights out in the finals against the U S like she was oh, on she, top of her game. She's a beast, yeah, a beast. And she was young, but she went in there with such a presence and such a uh, confidence that she was capable of doing it. Yeah. Like 
and it, I think that seeing that in the circle, like was contagious for the rest of the team. I, I was playing first base for the last couple games of the tournament, which I've never played in my life, but oh wow, just seeing that. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that, just seeing just, that. Just throwing like, you in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, some stuff changed some yeah. things happened and it was just like, all right, you're going to first, like you're a catcher, just catch the ball. Like it's fine. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. But seeing that um, example by Sarah in the circle was just like, there was no other option for me, but to be that present, but yeah. to be that confident. So having someone like that uh, lead your team through an event like that in a game is massive. Yeah. Oh, that, like, just, I, I've watched the game a few times, like online and I, I get goosebumps watching it, so I can only imagine what you guys went through after after that last out. It was pretty incredible. Yeah. I can just see us all jumping on one another. I think Megan Tiff fell over and got knocked, but I mean, it's fine. She was in it. She was <laughs> really all, excited. Yeah. Those knocks are all right. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, leading up to Olympic qualifiers in 2019, you guys would play in the National Pro Fast Pitch League uh, as the Canadian Wild. How, how did you enjoy that? It was a dream come true to get to play in the MPF. Never mm. did I ever think that I'd be a quote unquote professional softball player. I thought I get to play in NCAA. I got the opportunity to play internationally. I didn't really know how the pro league would fit in with that. So on an individual level, that was a really cool accomplishment to get to do that. But then on a team level, I think it was amazing for us to face uh, really good competition on a regular basis and also get to build this partnership with, um, the miners in Southern Illinois, mm. they had a really great fan base. They had a great program that supported us and, uh, believed in us and thought the world of us and brought out fans and just did everything and anything to make us comfortable, happy, taking care of everything. Um, but I think it was really, really important for our preparation going into qualifiers to challenge ourselves way more regularly. Sometimes in the international game, you kind of get into lulls depending on who you're playing because there's a couple top, top teams. And then, um, some of the other ones aren't as uh, crisp, mm -hmm. I would say. So playing internationally against some of these girls that are like top NCAA, NCAA D1 players is, is really cool. Right. How is the, how's the travel in the league? Um, travel was pretty good. Like it wasn't too far. And I mean, we got some great bonding time on the bus, which yeah. is cool. Again, felt like I was in college again, <laughs> which is nice. But it was, it was awesome to get to go to a bunch of different areas. Like Florida was great because, I mean, you're in this warm weather. And yeah. then when we got to play in Cleveland, like a bunch of the Ontario girls got family and friends come down to support. So it was a nice transition to kind of go to a bunch of different places in the States. Right. That's awesome. Now, uh, speaking of Olympic qualifiers, uh, tell us about the emotions you had when you realized you'd be heading to Tokyo to represent Canada. <laughs> yeah. Sue's rafter hit that home run. Oh man. Like everyone dropping everything and just sprinting, just absolutely sprinting. Even though we were mentally, physically exhausted, we gave our best sprint to that home plate for her. Um, I think just knowing how hard our team has worked together and then individually when we're, we're separated, it was like, yes, like we did it. Like we, this is what we've been working towards. Like it was just like another step. We never doubted that it would happen, but it was nice to um, clench it and, and get it and be like, okay, like next, like there's still more work to do, but we were so uh, <laughs> excited. I can't, there's no, there's really yeah. no words. Yeah. Like this is happening. 
Now, ah. I know I know it was only a year and a half ago, but doesn't it feel like it was like five years ago? <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm trying to think about it. I'm like, man, softball. I know. Softball. So long ago. Crazy. DC, where, what, what was that? Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. But it was, it was, ugh, it's still so close to my heart. Mm-hmm. Although it was long ago. Yeah. But man, like. The Olympics are so close yet, yeah. so far away. So, uh, so speaking of Olympics, the lead in now. I know the end goal is is obviously gold. Uh, how's the mindset going into it? Taking every single day, a day at a time, to attack that moment and prepare to win a gold medal. We are no longer preparing to play games and you know, da 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 da, like mm-hmm. do our best. No, no, no. Like we're there training every single day to win a gold medal. And it is a vibe throughout the whole team that is so easily seen and felt, um, whether it's the body language, the uh, intent behind every rep, the confidence, the awareness, like there's so much going into it this year, quote unquote, being off. I mean, not off, but the pandemic has been a blessing in disguise for the maturity and the growth within our team. Um, so it's, it's really, really cool to see even after everyone leaving camp, it was like, all right, people know what they're doing. Like they're getting their stuff done and we're ready to keep rolling. Yeah. We asked coach Smith when he, when we had him on here about, you know, whether he thought the pandemic was, you know, a good thing or a bad thing. And he said, he definitely thinks it's a good thing for you guys. Like, like you said, maturity level. Yeah. People are so much more aware of themselves and, and I'll be the first to say, like I took a month in the summer to kind of step away from the game and be like, okay, how am I going to be where I need to be for this team? I have another year to do this. How am I going to do it? Like, right. Like the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. And it was the best thing that could have happened. Not that I wasn't on track before, but it allowed me the space and the time to like set everything up in line to where I needed to go. It's the best case scenario. Yeah. Well, here's a, uh, here's hoping for gold anyway. I mean, my fingers are crossed. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, before we get on to the last segment here, uh, I want to ask about your sponsorship with Mizuno. I see you recently resigned with them. Tell us about your affiliation with them. Uh, so actually, wait, I can't even remember how many years ago it was. Um, the guy that Adam, who's the guy who talks with me, the rep, Yep. Uh, he actually grew up playing baseball against my brothers, which is kind of ironic. Oh, wow. He's like, oh yeah, I know your, I know your brothers. So I was like, oh, like that always seems to be the way that someone starts talking to me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks. Nice. What do you think of them? Like, cool. Um, and then it kind of got into a conversation about me. He noticed I, I used all Mizuno stuff at school, which was a perfect setup. Mm-hmm. I had loved my gear because it basically feels like I'm wearing nothing, which is hopefully what every catcher wants. You want to feel like you're light and athletic and able to move. Um, and I'm a huge leather junkie. Both my parents owned like a luxury leather good company growing up. So I'm like bougie with what leather I choose. <laughs> wow. So I was like, I was like, I only like Mizuno because I love their leather. It's quality, but it's light. Like it's not like bulky. And I was like talking about all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, like we really want to do a partnership with you. And I was like, Oh, me? me like Natalie and he's like yeah yeah you like and I was like oh wow like I never even thought of this as an as a, a thing for female athletes yeah. I mean men always get sponsorships and different promoting activity and yeah, exactly. I guess I'd never been exposed to another woman having a sponsorship before and I was like okay like what does that mean like cool but as a as a female athlete 
representing Canada, it has taken a huge amount of pressure off my shoulders with spending money on my own equipment. It mm-hmm. can get incredibly expensive. So having them as a partnership has been um, amazing. And I, I truly do believe in their product. And I, I love where they're going year to year. They're, they're constantly um, evolving and growing. And it's something that I inspire to do as an athlete in my field. So I also like it with them and their, their different brands. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was a good fit. It's always been a good fit. They treat me like royalty. I really appreciate it. <laughs> they respect what I do. I try to help them. It's a win-win for both of us. So yeah. it's great. Yeah. I love the custom glove design on the, on the website. Oh, yeah. yeah. Adam, I actually, I talked to Adam online too, back and forth and he's like, make something up, create something. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll come up with something anyway. But uh, yeah, no, I, I love the product. Like it, it, it's awesome. Yeah, they've been they've been huge in in helping us, especially with the Olympics back being in. They know how much it takes and how many bats it takes mm-hmm. year in and year out. How many running shoes you go through based yeah. on all your conditioning sessions. Like it's they really understand and they're they're here full hundred behind us, which is great. That's fantastic. So anybody listening, go out and get your Mizuno products. <laughs> yeah, if you want any suggestions, DM me. Yes. So. <laughs> Last uh, last thing on the podcast, something we do with uh, every guest on here, we call it player association. I'm gonna throw. Oh, the rest have told me about this. I'm gonna Ooh. throw out a name, and you can say as much or as little about them as you want. So, okay. here we go. Uh, the first Hopefully one. I know the name. First one. I. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do too. Uh, first one is uh, Alex Sagel. Oh. <laughs> um, Alex, man, so. She was my pitcher at Cal. She was my little stud. Uh, I was just listening to her walkout song the other day <laughs> in the gym and actually thinking about her. Um, wow, what a comp- like a competitor. She just stepped on the mound and <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but she knew she was getting that person out, which was awesome. As a catcher, I was like, yeah, let's do it. That's fantastic. And she was totally, yeah, she was totally on board with our, our mindset going into games and we were basically on the same level with how do I describe it? Our preparation is a very relaxed, like the calm before the storm. So you see us warming up before games. We're like dancing to some Chris Brown. You're like chilling, shaking the shoulders a little bit. And then the second you step on the field, it's like game on, honey, let's go. So it was like really cool that we were vibing at the same level, which was nice. But man, I she was a stud at Cal. She did a lot for that program. That's awesome. Uh Next one on the list is uh, Shelby Leah, or is it Leah? Leah. Leah. Shelby Leah. Shelby she, Leah. Actually, she actually she actually FaceTimed me this morning. She's oh wow! Other dog mom because she's she just got a puppy a couple months ago too. Nice. Uh, she, I call her my. She's basically my wife. My husband <laughs> knows this as well. Um, she's like my soul sister. She knows everything and anything about me and how I'm dealing with things. So even throughout my my journey with the national team now, she's now not playing at the level she was before with me, but she'll still check in. She still understands the process. She's still there for me. She's, she was uh, my maid of honor at my wedding. So she's a pretty big deal in my life. Um, But an athlete, an athlete for sure. She was another one on Cal's team that was at second base and then at first base and then played third base and was just this like whatever the team needed, just dominating wherever it was, she was called upon. Yeah. It's always good to have those uh, utility players for sure. Uh, yeah. 
next on the list is well, I, I let her have have talk about you, so uh, it's only fair, Larissa Franklin. <laughs> and she warned me about this too. Eh? <laughs> um, so I love the relationship I'm building with Larissa. So we were, I think last, or not last year, but the last time our team was together, we were, we asked to be roommates because we are early birds, go to sleep early in the night. So we're basically the grandmas on the team, but everyone sees her as this goofy, outgoing, crazy girl on the field, which is amazing. I love that part of her, but she's actually very deep and thoughtful and wise and genuine. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you get her one-on-one and you're just chatting about life, she's incredibly uh, wise beyond her years. So I just have a lot of respect for learning both sides of her, which is really cool. And seeing her kind of develop as the individual she is. Yeah. Right on. That's awesome. Uh, next is Erica Polidori. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love, that's a good ah. Um, so I've had the honor of playing with Erica for a while now. I remember when I first got picked up with the Bramford Bobcats, um, her dad kind of took me under her wing and they, he, we, I went to the tournament with them and my parents couldn't be there. So he was kind of like my, my, uh, father when I was away. Um, but Erica's always been someone that I truly look up to. She is fairly quiet and thoughtful, but when she says something, you know, it means a lot and you know, she's put thought into it and it is, um, you should listen. <laughs> like she has good, th- she has good things to say. Um, and she carries herself in such a way that is confident without being cocky. Mm-hmm. It's like a quiet confidence, um, shoulders back, you know, like it's just yep. such a good vibe to be around. And then I'm, she's a, a crazy cat mom and I was a crazy cat mom. So like we just are on that level. Instantly bond <laughs> cat, cat moms. Yeah. Instantly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, last one on the list is Janet Leung. Janet. I have a soft spot for my Janet. She'll probably listen to this and kill me. Um, so she grew up in the Mississauga North Tigers organization, which I did as well. And I remember a couple years back, she was trying out for the senior women's national team and she had not made it yet, but she was a part of the junior women's national team beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at a facility with her and I didn't really know her that well yet. I later found out she was definitely nervous of me. I don't know why I'm not like a scary person that I know of, but I remember sitting her down and and telling her, listen, I know you haven't made the team right now, but you need to be ready for 2020. I was like, you're going to be on this team. The time isn't right now, but like, if that means that you're on the team a year before and you just got to go to the Olympics, like whatever you're doing right now, right now needs to be aligned with that. Mm -hmm. And she was like, but I'm, I haven't even been on the team yet. I was like, trust me, like you're going to be on the team. Like you just need to keep working. And from, from that point forward, I've just kind of held her so close and we've created such a good bond where we live like 10 minutes away from one another. So it's like, Hey, you want to go on a walk? with an ass, but like on a walk. (laughs) Um, and we've built our relationship relationship outside of softball, which has strengthened our relationship inside of softball. Um, which is like really, really, really cool. Fantastic. Well, that, 
That, you, pick, uh, you pick some of my favorite people. Man, I, I'll tell you, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of do my research. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Made my job easy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I got to thank you for coming on. This has been awesome. Like, this has been one of my one of my favorites so far. Really easy to talk to. Um, you know, I wish you the best of luck at the Olympics in Tokyo. You know, I hope hope you guys bring home the gold. And, and uh, thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was such an honor and it, it was really fun. And I'm glad that Luna didn't bark or, you know, <laughs> throw this all off in the middle of it. Yeah, Uncle Randy would be getting after. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, Nat. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Yeah, I needed Def Jam to rap a lot Came up in the 90s, you can hear the snap crackle pop Crack the shackles off, raps David Hasselhoff Fell, scraped my knees, got back up and wiped the gravel off uh, I did this with no piggyback Like how they said P. Diddy did on Biggie's back Said you're a lying, you're lying, you little kitty cat I'm money in the bank, what's a 50 rack? Give me that Splitting wigs like a quarter wood, strict like the quarter lord, sip a quarter liquor raw. Been recording for a quarter of my life, now my headquarters and my tennis court are looking right. Uh, who wanna play with me, rage with me? Love the ones who learn to change with me, stay with me. Every day, me and Merck show our worth, cause nobody wanna die underpaid and overworked, don't know. Throw them up high, real high, throw them up. Took a minute till they listen, now they know what's up. Thought I told y'all before, no one is cold as us. We shut it down. Shut them up, kid. Get ready. Breaking down them doors into younger than that one. Posing for pictures when I